Hi, everyone. Today, we have a very special episode for the Pro Series. I'm so excited. Um, we have Ward Schrader from HGTV's Bargain Mansions, which he hosts it with tomorrow day, his daughter, which they go around Kansas City area and restore homes for new families to love it and buy them. He also has an Instagram TV YouTube series called Working With Ward. And I'm just so thankful for Ward to come sit down with me and chat about his life and his expertise of remodeling and home value. Um, let me just bring him on real quick. Can you hear me, Eric? Hey, Ward, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Great, thank you so much for sitting down with me today and uh, talking about your life and the show and your businesses and being part of my pro series. Well, thank you for asking. So I was, nobody ever gets tired of talking about themselves, do they? <laughs> uh, sometimes it's a little <laughs> awkward. <laughs> actually, actually, I think maybe I am. I, I'm doing it quite a little bit lately, and uh, it's kind of interesting. How's the audio here and visual and all that for you? It's great. You have a beautiful scenery behind you. I'm at my place in Colorado this week. Ah, much better than my family room in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so hot and miserable in Kansas the last week, two weeks maybe, that I I just thought, well, I've got four or five days between filming. I'm going to give it a chance and get out here and see if we can enjoy ourselves for a while. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm so thankful for you to joining on to my pro series. I'm a huge fan of your shows, um, Bargain Mansions on HGTV and you're working with Ward Show that you have on Instagram TV and YouTube TV, or on YouTube. Yeah, just getting started with that. That's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah, you kind of just go around. I watched the tree stand one today that you made out of carpet. Oh, yeah. That one was pretty cool. Well, good. I'm glad you liked it. I, uh, I the, You know, everybody has some favorites, and, and some of them, I, when I do them, I think, gosh, everybody knows how to do this, but... I guess it's not true because most of the things I'm doing right now are requests from people. Uh, so on my Instagram account, maybe a month ago, I put out a request that said, what would you like me to do and show you how to do maybe. And so that's just what I'm following up on is, is things that people had problems or were scared to try on their own or, or whatever. And so, um, yeah, so that was just one of them. It, that's pretty cool. Fun, you I think the one I, best so far was the uh, one where I redid the chairs the, oh, okay. the lawn chairs yeah yeah that just seems so appropriate because we throw so much of that stuff away I mean every place you go every box store in the world sells outdoor furniture and it's all made with that aluminum frame and the plastic inserts or the woven inserts and they tear after four or five years and and it just seemed like a terrible waste and I, I just thankfully just came up with that idea and you got it done i really like them absolutely and it's expensive too buying all new outdoor furniture oh oh yeah and and the vinyl is almost impossible to replace both economically and physically i've tried it before mm -hmm. and it's uh, by the time you're done you want to throw them all away getting that insert out of there absolutely how yeah. long have you been in the remodeling business I have been in some form of construction, I think, really my whole life. I, I, when I was a uh, young kid, um, I first grew up on a farm, uh, my dad's place in uh, 
I'm sorry, did I lose you there for a second? No, I'm still here. Okay. Um, I grew up on my dad's place and uh, we uh, had uh, lots of construction going on there all the time. It was so far out in the middle of nowhere that we either did it ourselves or it didn't get done. So that was my first education in construction. Then when I went to college, I, um, I put myself through college working uh, various construction jobs, uh, including learning how to be a welder and, manu and fabricating welding products and all those kinds of things, or welded products. And, um, and, and so when I got out on my own, I always wanted to be in real estate. And so through one way or another, I've been in housing or commercial real estate um, almost my whole life. Oh, really? Are you sure? Are you an agent? No, I am not. Uh, I've never done uh, projects for other people. All of my projects have been for myself. So I started off uh, my first house I bought uh, in the 80s. You could buy a home and it didn't have to be finished. And lenders were a lot more amenable to that, to that sort of thing. And so I bought a house that was maybe two thirds done. Uh, and, and I just, uh, the story I tell, and it's true, is that we had a budget and uh, we had $50 a month extra. Now, $50 was probably like, I don't know, 500 now. But uh, so I'd go out and buy $50 worth of two by fours and I'd, I'd finish a room and $50 worth of sheetrock next month and $50 worth of paint or whatever. And we got that house done and I learned how to do it because I didn't have any choice. I couldn't afford to hire anybody. And, and the next house I built 90% of it by myself. No, probably 80. Don't want to exaggerate too much. <laughs> and, uh, and then started, uh, started doing commercial buildings along the way. Um, bought a, uh, a building that was in distress back in the 80s and it was an office building I think it was 25,000 square feet and I turned that into an office complex and rented it out and managed it and um, and that actually led me in then to one of my primary careers which was uh, owning and operating small to medium-sized hospitals uh, that building had been owned by a group of doctors who wanted to build a, their own hospital. And um, we became friends through that project because it turned out so successful for all of us. And uh, in the end, we were actually having a celebration cocktail and they said, why don't you build us a surgical hospital? And I'm, of course, I don't have a clue what that is at the time, but I said, I've done kind of everything else. What is it? And they told me, and a month later, we were under construction. And uh, and since then, I've I've developed and and constructed uh, something over thirty different facilities, both hospitals, surgery centers, medical office buildings, uh, and and that sort of thing. And uh, we even created a management company that manages the hospitals and the surgery centers, and does the billing and collections and staffing and training and purchasing of equipment and and all that that sort of thing so that turned into quite a little business for me and from that i ventured into into more construction of, of uh, commercial medical office buildings and um so yeah it, it just one form of construction or another my whole life yeah you kind of have both sides the real estate and like the commercial um office building type of work exactly um 
got into rental apartments uh, years ago when um, happened to walk into a deal where a guy was tired of running them and he had lived on his deferred maintenance. And I, and I, uh, short story is that I put together a handful of people and we invested and bought 30, 40 of his, 30, 34 of his units, I think it was. And we subsequently remodeled every single one of them. We still own all of those and rent them out. And, uh, yeah, I, it just one thing leads to another. It, 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 in my life, when I look around and I, and I really try to encourage others to do the same is there, and especially my children is that there are opportunities everywhere. And, uh, you just got to look at things once in a while and, and be willing to take a risk. I, I've always been surprised how many people have worked with me or for me that have been highly intelligent young people. And, and I couldn't convince them to go to into business for themselves. And, and I've always, I, I guess since I was a boy, I knew I wanted to be in business for myself one way or another. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm the same exact way. Um, you mentioned your kids and obviously you host the host you host the bargain mansions on HGTV with your daughter tomorrow day um did she kind of just grasp onto your tactics when you were little when she was little trying to be a construction worker too or because she does a lot in the show like she knows a lot about the homes and everything about it she uh well so i started with a modest beginning and and didn't have enough money to uh, really hire workers and so all of those homes that i built and and we lived in or some of the smaller commercial stuff in the beginning uh on weekends or when the kids weren't in school i would bring them down and we would remove carpeting put up sheetrock paint walls do whatever and i always have to tease her that I wasn't sure that any of the children were learning anything because they really didn't want to be there with me too bad. But it seems like all of them have learned uh, a lot about construction. And uh, with the exception of one son, all of them have at one time or another remodeled or bought and remodeled or constructed a home and, and done it themselves uh, or with some guidance from me on their first ones. And so they were learning and Tamar took that to a higher level by uh, when she got married, they wanted a nice house, and it was kind of 07-ish, um, and and they were uh, they, they needed a, they had three children I think then, and uh, so they wanted a bigger house, and she bought one that had been repossessed and and unfortunately had been very poorly taken care of, and so in the process of refurbishing that, she learned a ton uh, about how to how to remodel a home and what it takes on her own and uh, I suppose I gave her a little advice here and there but mostly she she did it herself and and that turned into actually kind of bargain mansions uh, by doing that and then some subsequent things she developed somewhat of a, a reputation around town and that's how the producers found her and uh, <laughs> I have to admit, I was pretty skeptical of it. I, I really thought this was, oh, the Tamara, they're just, they, somebody wants you to pay them to take a video and, you know, nothing will happen from this. And, and she said, no, they're not asking for anything. They just want to do a video. And I said, well, can I stop by and see? And she said, sure, come on by. It's such and such a date. And 
and I drove up that day and uh, and they were just sitting there talking and I started talking and they said, well, why don't you sit down here with Tamara and talk for a while? And I guess they saw something in the uh, relationship that they liked and and that's really how the show started. Oh, so like, you, weren't, you weren't even like part of the original uh, scene until you came to the house, like part of the show? They, they had not asked, no, I was not. I was not um, anticipated in being in the show at all. In fact, they were interviewing her brother uh, who was uh, independently manufacturing furniture and he didn't really want to do it too badly. And so then they decided that, uh, well, here's this father-daughter duo that has worked together for off and on their whole lives. And, uh, and they decided that that was a, uh, a show. So that's, that's how we got on television. And, and, uh, and it's taken off from there pretty dramatically now. I mean, it's meant to be, because I mean, your relationships on TV is so nice. I mean, most of HGTV, they don't have the father-daughter relationship um, as the main setting or the main characters on the show, which is really cool to watch your show like that. Plus you have, you're flipping much bigger homes than a lot of people are on that show, which has a lot more detail to it. You kind of like split it up into two phases, which is really cool. So it's two different episodes per house. Um, I just watched your lodge one, it was on the lake. Um, oh, yeah. That one was incredible. That was a lot of house. That was about yeah. 8,000 square feet. That ceiling in the fire, the main entrance was 27 foot tall. Uh, I walked in there and I just thought, oh my gosh, this is just so overdone. And, and I really, you know, I'm, I'm probably better at spatial concepts than Tamara, but not much. She's really growing dramatically in that area. But I would say that only because of more experience. Um, and I just almost couldn't see what you could do with that place that would that would be within a budget that would make it work. But it turned out beautiful. It did. It was incredible. That kitchen was uh, that that was the one with the black kitchen, like all black cabinets. That was beautiful. Do you find it hard working with family, especially on TV? Um, not really. I mean, sure. She disagrees with my thoughts. I disagree with her thoughts from time to time. But at the end of the day, I don't really think that either one of us go home mad. Um, I, I, I think we go home having worked together and enjoying the time. Um, TV's kind of demanding though when the, the filming is, is really nice because it's unscripted. So we'll walk they'll, they'll, the director will say walk into this room and uh, and you guys just talk about it give us some ideas about the fireworks or you know use your imagination I guess whatever it would be and so we just go in there and talk like we would if it was the first time we'd ever seen it and what we wanted to do with it and that's where a lot of the ideas come from uh, as far as color selection and, and actual decorating with marble or granite or some of those things I pretty much leave it 100% that up to Tamara. I mean, she asked my opinion about colors once in a while and, and how things would go up and whether it would structurally be good or bad or whatever. But but by and large, I have to give her credit for having the beauty. So it's kind of the beauty and the beast is I, I, uh, I do the demo and, and a lot of the construction. And I personally like the finish, but I like 
I do like what she asked me to do. It's very nice. So no, I guess the answer to your question is we don't really ever have much disagreement. It's pretty easy. Now I wouldn't say that with all of my children. We we would bat heads <laughs> once in a while, but Tabor and I are are pretty close. Not that I'm not close with all of them. Don't get, don't take that wrong. Just, you've got you've got four personalities in our four children, and I love them all dearly. Um, Tamara's just one that that thinks a lot like I do. Yeah, most like her. Absolutely. So during this uh, whole COVID nineteen um, pandemic, are you sh still shooting? Or did you have to pause the shooting and the remodels? We have had to pause off and on if someone uh was exposed but the whole crew is has been tested um i i, I don't know if i can say more than once but they've certainly been tested in, including tamara and i um, everybody so far has turned out negative and everybody wears masks and gloves and uh, of course then tamara and i sometimes are not but we're the only ones and and there's plenty of social distancing going on at that point that cameramen back up 10 15 feet in video it has slowed things down um so construction is considered a a uh, a necessary business and so it's continued on however they required social distancing too so instead of having 10 guys on a, on a house working we can only have three or four at a time. Oh. And, and so that slowed things down a little bit. Yeah. But no, it's everybody's been aware and patient and cognizant of the things that we need to do and, and keep everybody safe. That's awesome. I can't wait um, for that to come out. So starting this pro series, I started about a year ago. Um, started really in my local Pittsburgh area and kind of reached out to real estate agents and construction workers and anybody really in the facet of home design or the home remodeling business. And I found a lot of customers that didn't quite know what to do when they're updating their homes um, or they're doing what's not supposed to be done or they're not getting the money back when they resell the home. So that's why I basically started this pro series. Um, gotten some stuff back from other people but it kind of like getting different areas now i had talked to people in australia about to talk to someone in england canada so every market's different but wanted to get some of your advice on what would you give advice to someone trying to flip a house or they're just getting ready to sell their house what's what's the best, biggest bang for their buck well, let's break that into two categories because if you're getting ready to sell your own house is a little bit different than if you're flipping. Absolutely. Uh, in flipping, I would tell you that from an economic standpoint, if that's your question, how do I, how do I get this done and make some money? The flipping, the money in flipping is made when you buy the house. It's not made when you sell the house. The, the market you're in, the region, the geography of, of the community you're living in or the house is in, will determine what the highest price is that you can get. You may be at the upper end of it when you're done, but that's kind of the, the limit. So you've got to back down from there. And, and you, the, the way I back into it is, as well, so I'm going to sell it for $400,000 when we're done. 
I'm going to have a 6% realtor fee. So let's knock off $24,000 right there. Uh, then I've got a new roof and that's $15,000 and I've got to paint it and it's another 15 and et cetera, right down the line of things that I think are going to need to be done. And I come down to where my, uh, where my price is that I'm, I'm breaking even. So let's say I've got $150,000 worth of improvements to do on a $400,000 house. If I pay 250 for it, I'm, I'm just doing this for fun. I'm not doing it to make any money. So if it's 250, then I know that if I want to make 10% on my investment, I really need to knock it back down, maybe $30,000 and start and, and buy a house at 220 that can sell for 400. So that's how I do a flip. Mm -hmm. uh, I want, to, I, I do the economics first. I don't follow. There's, there's a lot of homes I've I've really enjoyed and loved and appreciated, but I don't really fall in love with them and think that that's the only house I've got to have. And that's what I advise flippers to do. Just look and look until you find the right buy. As far as a homeowner goes, um, if you're trying to resell, the, the things to do are obviously upgrade your bathrooms and your kitchen. And um, you, you can't, you, you, you can try to do some things sometimes if your kitchen isn't too dated, you can reuse the cabinets, repaint them, put granite down, put new hardware on and really fancy them up that way a little bit and make them look acceptable. But if they're, if it's, if it's questionable, then you really got to go to the expense of, of really updating the kitchen. If there's a wall that can be removed, that's not a structural wall, just a, a, uh, a separating wall, then I might consider that if that was necessary, because that's not very expensive. If you don't have to put beams in, resupport things, it can be done pretty easily. Um, as far as uh, colors, I would suggest that if you're trying to resell, you need to stick with something that is something that is going to appeal to them to more people than another. I mean, pinks and purples and things like that. You turn off some clients with that sort of thing. So it used to be earth tones. Maybe it's more grays and whites now, shades of those. Um, I see a lot more of that stuff. So that's what I would suggest is redo the kitchen, redo the bathrooms if they need it. And, and then make the place spotless, empty your closets, I mean, there's some things to selling a house that are that are that are about as important as fixing it up, and I, and I learned those things when I worked for Union Carbide as a chemist, uh, or as a, uh, a salesman in a chemi chemistry world, um, was they had a they had a a, uh, a whole division uh, that helped you sell houses. They had 187,000 employees back then. That was my first job out of college. And, and they gave you a booklet and the one booklet said empty your closets so that they look bigger yeah, so that's one little trick the other one was if you don't know how to make bread put a, a, a pan of water on the oven put some yeast in it and maybe some cinnamon and let it simmer before a person comes view the house it reminds them of home of grandma or, or mom cooking bread or making something delicious so there, there are some things, techniques that you can help to sell a home, but you still have to make it look good. And, and so keep away from the, uh, I, I don't know if this is the right word, but the extravagant colors and yeah. stay with the, 
muted colors that will appeal to more people. Uh, fix the obvious things. Make your house landscaping look good up front. Curb appeal. Oh my gosh, how important is that? You drive up to a house and you don't like it. A lot of people won't even bother going in. Yeah. Could be the best layout they've ever seen, but they won't go in. Absolutely. Yeah. That's some great advice. Do you, looking at houses on the market and stuff, do you see any, like a constant mistake that most people make? I see a lot of people just putting like very expensive granite or quartz on very uh, cabinets that are about to fall apart like any day now. Um, they kind of just like, put a bandaid over it and try to sell their house so they could put in their description of their house that they have granite countertops. Is there anything like that? Well, I, that would have probably been one of the very first things I would have said had you have asked me that. Uh, is you, you, you can't you can't dress up something that is falling apart. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Uh, I'd rather you forget the granite, put in something lesser, but improve the quality of the cabinets. At least, okay. at least structurally, then the new owner can say, "Oh, well, I want granite." I, I don't think people anymore. I think there's so many granite houses now. I don't think I w that wouldn't turn me off if it didn't have granite. It would turn me off if it had bad cabinetry. Yeah, same here. Uh, and and flooring, same thing. You know, the old shag carpet or something like that. That would turn me off. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't mind it if it was shag carpet and I knew underneath it was hardwoods uh, that I can remake or refurbish. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think that, I think, uh, you know, it, people want to expose their personalities in their home, but if you're trying to sell it, that's not necessarily the right thing to do. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I think it's, it's, you've hit it on the head. I mean, you could, you can go to the big box stores and you can buy tile all day long and it looks like it came from there. Yeah. And, and, and so you want to redo your bathroom to, spruce it up a little bit for resale go to a tile shop uh, and 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 spend an extra hundred dollars and buy some good tile um, or maybe it's more than that but I guess I'm thinking about if I do it myself the difference between a, a tile on a floor and uh, from a box store versus a a quality place that has a lot of variety and can help you with some colors is so minimal oh, yeah why would you do that when you can increase the value of your home by 10 times more than that? Yeah. A lot of people think they're fooling the, the buyers, but really people that aren't even in the industry can tell the difference between a tile shop store or you go to the big box store and just get the cheapest tile that they have in stock. I agree. I have a question for you, Eric. I was yeah. looking at your website and, and you went to college and got a degree in interior decorating. Yep. Pennsylvania uh, State, was it? Yeah, uh, I went to IUP. Um, it's Indiana University of Pennsylvania for interior design. So I don't know that I told you my whole history, but I, I got out of college, went to work for Union Carbide for eight or nine years, knew I wanted to be in business for myself, went to work for a company that was bankrupt as president, took it over, learned how to turn around bankrupt business and spent the next 10 years doing bankruptcy acquisitions at Turnaround. And I had everything from a 2700 herd dairy uh, that we ran to a uh, printed 
paperback books. If you had five thousand, if you wrote a book and you wanted it printed and it was five thousand books or less, that was our niche. I ran three or four different trucking companies, an engine rebuilding company, a food distribution company. Uh, we took all of those over. We uh, and it was something over thirty businesses, thirty-five. We managed to save maybe 10, 12 of them. I mean, they were bankrupt, so it's not like I broke them, but um, that was, uh, uh, so I enjoyed all that, but I've never had a job where I set out to have one career and I stayed with it. You've, you started out knowing you wanted to be an interior decorator and you're still working in that kind of field. Yeah. How do you do that? When I was little, my parents built their house um, the house that they live in right now. And I kind of just went with them to those design consultations for the kitchen, the bathroom, picking out all the materials. And I just fell in love with it then and thought I wanted to be an architect up until I went to college and found out, um, interior design was where I wanted to be. And I've never stopped loving it. That's awesome. I, I admire people that can do that. I, I, I think it was the luckiest thing in the world for me that I didn't stay at any one job more than about seven or eight years. So I've, I've, everybody's different, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Well, thank you so much for coming on um, today. It's great to get advice from you. Just someone I look up to on TV and business in the business world. Um, look forward to lis listening to more of your videos on YouTube and Instagram. Instagram TV and watching bargains mansions with your daughter. Um, um, just thank you very much for coming on here today. Well, thank you. If I might give a little plug. Uh, yeah. Okay. I would appreciate uh, anybody that would uh, follow me to follow me at Ward Schrader on Instagram. And you can do the same for Tamara on at Tamara day. And she also has the growing days store and uh, having a huge sale. If there's anybody out there wanting to get rid of or buy uh, some of the furniture that has been used in the houses for staging, Tamara owns an awful lot of that. It's beautiful stuff, hard to been used. And she's selling a lot of that this this weekend, I guess. So, awesome. Yeah, and go. Let me make that, that, uh, that disgusting plug there. For no, no problem at all. And make sure you subscribe to his YouTube page, Working With Ward. Um, as well so you can see each episode well thank awesome. you awesome thank you so much warden enjoy the beautiful colorado weather i will and thank you for asking me for to be on your show i, I this is always a surprise every time somebody asks me i just think i go to work every day and i go home and i do my thing and I, i'm always surprised if people want to hear what i have to say so it's oh, absolutely i really enjoyed this thank you so much all right. Take care. You too. Bye.